touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And uh, I wish we had a better game to talk about this this week, Nick. Um, I mean, it's like there's not even a storyline with this game. I'm already tired of hearing about the storyline. I get it. <laughs> They've played four times. I get it. They played in in a great game last year. They played in the AFC Championship the year before. I get it. I understand all that. I lived it. I know. But, man, everybody everybody seems to think, like, the way they're hyping it up, that it's going to be the same football game, and it's going to be completely different. Yeah, I mean, it is the first time they've met since the 13-second game. Um, look, I think this is going to be – maybe I'm crazy, but I think this is going to be a lot like – last year's regular season game, right? Like the chiefs beat him in the AFC championship game. The bills were pretty motivated to come in and, and, you know, do something about it. Uh, and they did in the regular season. And then, you know, when push came to shove, they gave Patrick Holmes way too much time at the end of the game. Um, you know, I mean, apparently 13 seconds, although, I mean, we found out, you know, like what he can do in 17 seconds at the end of the first half against the Raiders too. So, um, yeah, I mean, apparently, <laughs> Tyreek if you give him more than 10 four. seconds, you're, yeah. you're just asking for trouble. Yeah, Tyreek apparently only counts for an additional four seconds. <laughs> right, right. So that's, but, man, I mean, he's fast. <laughs> yep. um, but, yeah, look, I mean, I'm not as, as tired of it. Um, I probably consume less NFL Network and, and things like that than you do. So yes. I've probably yes. been hit over the head with it a little bit less this week. But. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the games that was circled on the calendar, right? Like week six. I think we were all stunned that it wasn't um, a primetime game. So I, I assume CBS, like, you know, used one of their um, saves on this particular game because uh, I'm sure uh, uh, ESPN or NBC would have happily put it on Sunday Night Football. Oh, if, Night Football. if that game would have been on Monday Night Football with, with those marquee matchups between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, oh, yeah. my goodness. That would have been its own level, but I mean, I think, but here's the good news. Yeah. Uh, now we, it's Tony Romo. We don't have to listen to Troy. Well, I'm in, I'll be in the press box. So I don't have to listen to either of them, but we don't have to listen to Troy Hickman this week. So that is a bonus in my opinion. I don't know. People don't like Tony Romo. It's weird, man. Like some cheese fans, it doesn't matter who the person is calling the game. They hate they're him. Not, if they're not Kevin Harlan and, and Trent green, they are very unhappy about yeah. it. So like CBS like, uh, apparently needs to do that every time that they have a game. I get, I mean, like I get, you know, people are mad that, that, you know, at Joe Buck, I got news for you guys. Madison Bumgarner had an incredible world series. Like, like he was right to praise Madison Bumgarner. Uh, the, the only one that really gets me, um, like Dan Fouts um, clearly hates the Chiefs, and that tends to come through when he used to that cover was, games. That was number one in, in, in the amount of retweets and complaints I would get whenever I'd put out who was going to be announcing yeah. the, the announcing crew this week. Dan Fouts got the most venom, and I'd have to hit mute this conversation if that was an option <laughs> right? just because I didn't want to see it. But th- that one was legit, but that one was also well-earned from his his time in the league. So, um, but. I, look, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, you know, wherever you're watching, I, I think I think uh, Kansas City will stop. It's funny. I remember talking to like uh, Benny Failhaber and Grant Zusi about the the World Cup. Um, you know, uh, when it was announced, Kansas City was getting it, and they talked about being in Brazil and how it was eerie because they're like they were staying in a 
in a city of like literally 18 to 20 million people. And it became a ghost town when Brazil's games uh, were on in the World Cup. And then when Brazil would score, like you would just hear these eruptions, like, like there were like, you know, and you would hear fireworks. It was almost like, you know, uh, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be quite to that level, but I think most of Kansas City will kind of come to a screeching halt at 325 on Sunday for this one. So what Dot is saying is if you have to go shopping. Um, oh, my wife will 100% be at the store. <laughs> the, apparently between three to six, it will be a phenomenal time. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect time if you want to get out. Um, you know, you want to go to the gym and not have to worry about fighting for a machine. I think it'll that'll work out in your favor on Sunday because the rest of us will be uh, watching the football game. It's very unique that Jim would be the one that you would point out of all the activities that could be done on a Sunday. You're like, well, if you want to go to Jim, you know, there's that option. Well, the, you know, you want to go get a workout or you want to go get groceries. I mean, those are the, I'm just trying to connect with the common man, Nick. Okay. Well, congrats, Todd. Man, <laughs> your brother was right. You're mean to me. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> Uh, uh, hey, I did want to, let's start off though. Uh, we'll, we'll get to like looking at the game, but Von Miller gave a really intriguing press conference this week where he talked about his, you know, his love for Derek Thomas, his respect for Arrowhead and, and the Arrowhead experience and, and, and the fans there. Um, I mean, I, and talked about it kind of his, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily reverence kind of for Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, which I, I, I think, look, I mean, obviously w- when you're an elite pass rusher, like Von Miller has been in this league and you got to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year, um, you know, and he's doing things like throwing left-handed passes as, as he dives forward. And when you're like trying to clip his ankles, which Von brought up as well, he said that play <laughs> follows him everywhere on and off the field. Right. I mean, but like, I think Patrick relishes matchups against a guy like Vaughn. And and I think Vaughn is the kind of guy who he, he wants to notch. He wants to count him among the, the, the people that he has taken down in his NFL career. Um, I I think there, I think the respect is genuine, but, but what was your takeaway from what Vaughn had to say? Um, I think Vaughn, for those who haven't got to listen to it, I'll post little increments on, or little pieces of it on uh, on social this this weekend. Um, At Jacob seventy one, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, part part of it is like he, you can tell he really loves Planet Arrowhead, and a big part of the reason he loves Planet Arrowhead because he, like Derek Thomas, is one of the people that he idolized, and I know I know that from listening to him over the years and him coming out from Texas A and M. And, and the reason he wore 58 at Denver was because of Derek and it just, he wanted to style his game after Derek and have a career like Derek and Vaughn's had a fantastic career in Denver and he did well in, in the Rams and he's revitalized a lot of his career in Buffalo right now through, you know, it's only through a handful of games, but he looks more like who he was in Denver than who, who he was with the Rams last year, but he at least, you know, he's got a couple Super Bowls, um, but like, he talked about like he talked about when when he gets out there to warm up on the fo- on the field at Arrowhead. It's a special moment for him because he always looks up to the Ring of Honor 
to find Derek's name and kind of take a minute and kind of reflect on kind of what Derek meant to him when he was young and growing up before he became the pass rusher he is and has been for over a decade. So that meant a lot to him. He talked about Patrick Mahomes a ton and just tell how he believes Patrick's a Hall of Famer and just kind of he talked about the left-handed pass and he, he talked about Chris Jones, recognized him and Travis Kelsey. So there were uh, – Vaughn was glowing when he talked about Kansas City. Like that dude has a ton of respect for the Chiefs, for this organization. And I I don't know. I kind of I kind of think – You should have signed if, here, man. That's what I'm saying. I kind of – the impression <laughs> I kind of got, he let off his press conference from what I saw with all that. And it was a solid five to six minutes that I was sifting through when I was – cutting sound by his fort. And I'm like, man, I think, he, I think if he had a chance to finish his career in Kansas city, he, he would have done it. And so I, I, I'll, he's going to be in Buffalo for three years. Like that's how the contract goes. So if he plays that long, he wouldn't be a free agent again until 35, but boy, I tell you what, man, like it would have meant, I, I just, I get the vibe. It would have meant the world to him if he could have put on a chief's uniform, like his, like Derek Thomas did and his idol and kind of play in the same stadium on a more regular basis than, and experience kind of similar stuff to what Derek did when he was rushing the passer and coming around the corner uh, during the nineties. So pretty much the opposite of, of Ty- what Tyreek expressed about, you know, whether about the jets, huh? <laughs> there was no taxes mentioned. No, right. certainly not that. I, okay. Would you be okay if Von Miller tied Derek Thomas's stadium record with seven sacks on Sunday but much like Derek Thomas and the 1990 Chiefs, like went back to the locker room with a loss. I mean, with the way the Chiefs tackles played last week, it's not, <laughs> it's not out of the realm right now. It's not, it's not out of the realm. I hate to say it that way, but it is a possibility, especially the way the Bills defense plays. So anything's possible, Todd. I, I don't know that he's going to get enough reps to get to seven seconds, but I'll tell you what, if he gets like two or three quick, like I'm, I might. I might, you know, you got to unleash him at that point. And, but, do you, and you remember who the offensive tackle was that Derek went against in that game for most of his sacks? Andy Heck. Yeah, the Chiefs are line <laughs> coach right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I know it's the Seahawks, so I was like, it's probably Andy Heck. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, look, that brings us to a good point to, like, jump into actually, like, looking at last week and this week, though, because – um. What did you see from Las Vegas's pass rush? Because early on, it really gave them fits. Uh, you know, Nick Allegretti, I think, uh, you know, uh, it took him some time to get his feet under him, right? And then get his blocking legs under him. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, you know, I talked too much of the game, and, and he said, he said, look, I prepare every week like I'm going to practice. Obviously, with Trey out this week, I prepared this week like I was going to practice, like or like I was going to start. Sorry, um, and I, you know, and I, I did that. I did that this week too, especially with Trey out. So I wasn't surprised. You know, I get up for it every week, but he looked like a guy who hadn't pass blocked in a month and a half. Um, you know, in the first quarter there, and uh, not you know when you're going against a guy like Max Crosby who, um. I don't know if he's a household name still might be one of the more underrated pass rushers in the league, but it took him a while. Um, having said that, and I think Trey Smith will be back this week, but having said that, I think you're going to see a lot of Von Miller against Orlando Brown jr. Um, and I don't think that favors the chiefs. 
So what, what did you see from the, the Raiders pass rush? And what do you think the, the bills will try to copy uh, in this game? And do they have with hit with like Von Miller, Greg Rousseau? I mean, how successful are they going to be? You know, the thing the Raiders didn't do and that I just thought about it and it popped in my head. They did not copy what the chargers and chargers Colts and bucks did. They didn't get Creed turned as much as they had before. Um, they didn't try that as much. They didn't try to manipulate that way. So I think the Bills are going to try to sneak it in this week. Oh yeah, test it out a couple of times. Um, yeah, I mean with 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 Orlando Brown, like like a junior, like we've talked about before. Like, I'm sorry, but Chandler Jones is a shell of his former self, yeah. and like he looked like the Chandler Jones of old in that game, and he shouldn't have been able to. Like Orlando had a lot of trouble with a guy who's not a speed rusher and not an elite pass rusher anymore, and is on the back nine because I know. I, I know he it, wouldn't. It, he wouldn't show. He hasn't shown up in a game before the Chiefs Monday Night game. He's not generally shown up since he went since he went against Taylor Luan in the Titans game a year before and had like three or four sacks in that game. It reminded me of you remember when Justin Houston was like on his last legs, you know, like his yeah. knees had given out, and then he went off for like like three or three and a half sacks against Garrett Bowles like early in the season, and we were like, oh. Maybe he's healthy again, and it turned out no. It's just that he was going against Garrett Bowles. Um, it's just he was going. He he was a, you know, like the ghost of Justin Houston. You know, he was no longer the twenty-two sack guy, but against Garrett Bowles, he could be. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think Vaughn. I think Vaughn's going to cause uh, Orlando Brown Jr. a lot of problems, and it it's going to be a really interesting chess match for the Chiefs. Uh, against that Bills defense and what Leslie Frazier is going to throw out there and what the Chiefs are going to be expecting. Because the Chiefs, they really don't like to help their tackles until they absolutely have to. Because they want that whole offense open for Mahomes to be able to throw anywhere and everywhere that they need him to. Right. Um, and, well, we saw it in the Super Bowl, though. I mean, there are even times where they should be helping their tackles and they just stubbornly refuse to. So or if Orlando's going to earn his money, <laughs> he's going to earn his money. Uh, for the most part, like, I mean, that that's up to him, but he hasn't put a lot of tape out there. That's allowed him to do that. And I, I will say this in his defense. Um, it, I didn't notice it this much uh, this week on tape, but the previous week he, he was, his kick step, his left, his left leg was a little bit, he wasn't putting his full weight on it. And he's a little bit more ginger with it the week before. And, and, and he wasn't so much this time around. So I was like, okay, maybe he's not an injury report. Maybe he's a little bit better. But I mean, it wouldn't stun me if if he's still, you know, playing through something. Right, and there's been reports that he has a a bit of a knee injury and that he's playing through right now. And if that's the case, like, all right, I get it. But um, you know, and kudos to him for playing, you know, playing hurt and playing through stuff. He has been durable through his career. He's not a guy who to, who misses a lot of. I know he missed the. I think the commanders game last year with a, a calf injury, but he's not a guy who misses a lot of time. Not a guy who misses a lot of practice. He's, he's available. Uh, but, and we talked uh, about it, this. It, it was the Bengals Bengals. Last year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was late in the season, yeah. but where Lucas Niang got hurt. Yeah. I think it was Chris Jones who missed the, the commanders game instead, but, but regardless, I mean, I, we talked about this last week. Like I, I think, he is uh, an uh, above average NFL left tackle. I don't think he's an elite NFL left tackle. And, you know, we've talked about that in the context of the contract situation, but I think that becomes important when you face 
Von Miller or Gregory Rousseau, who's an upcoming, uh, you know, pass rusher. I mean, those are the kind of guys um, that can expose you if you are not at the same level and, and, uh, and if you're hurt. And, and so that's probably not a great combination uh, if you're the Chiefs. One thing they could do, obviously, to, to counter that would be to establish the run like they did at Tampa and kind of negate some of that pass rush. They weren't able to do it against uh, Las Vegas. And part of that's they get behind, right? So that's 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 an element there. But what was Vegas doing against the run, and, and how worried are you about the Chiefs, you know, and, and the inconsistency they've had in the run game? Well, a big part of what frustrated me with their run game is here I'm – Here's the reality. Are you going to say it's Clyde again? I'm not going to say it's all him, but I am going <laughs> to. He's going to be my first talking point. Um, with Clyde, he's not. He doesn't have the lateral speed or the lateral quickness he needs to be in that zone shotgun type of running style. He's a north south hit hit the assigned hole runner, and he'll get you what he can. And like I've talked about before on this podcast, like he needs the block, he needs the blocking to maintain and hold and be in a good scenario for him to be able to effectively run. So like that's part of his thing. He's not like like I said, he's not that really good at a shotgun. That's where Jerick McKinnon kind of makes his money. And Pacheco can be the power run guy, but uh, part of the problem that they ran into is they weren't double teaming as much as they needed to at the points of attack. And there would be times where They'd let in the RPO game, they would let uh, Crosby go free down the line of scrimmage. And like, he, you know, he would make the play because of how hard he was pursuing when that caused him some problems. Uh, number five, their linebacker, uh, Dia, it's not Diablo, but Diablo or something like that from um, from Virginia Tech. It, I think he's like Divine, uh, Divine Diablo like that, I believe it is. Um, he is another individual that kind of, had this lateral quickness to kind of cause Clyde problems when they were in the run game. So those aspects of it, the, the, that really negated what they could do run wise. And they're going to, they're going to have to go to more of a power run scheme with the two, three tight end sets. If they, if they really want to kind of attack that bill's defense. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, the, the bills are, what the number two defense, uh, you know, behind yardage San Francisco, wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, behind San Francisco, and, and not just in yardage, but in a lot of different, mm-hmm. um, a lot, you know, categories. I, you know, they're starting to separate themselves as, as one of the better defenses, just like they did last year. Um, you know, in that offense, uh, you know, I think it's uh, number one in yards, number two in scoring to the Chiefs right now. Um, you know, so. Um, you know, it's look, it's going to be a, a test. I mean, this, this is a potential AFC championship game preview all over again. This is one of the games that we may look back on and, and decides who gets the buy as the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, I, I think, I think the chiefs and the bills have separated themselves as the best teams in the AFC so far. Um, and you know, and so this will be a, a good early season test. I would also say much like last year, Neither one of these teams are finished project or products um, injuries over the final 11 weeks of the season will play a massive role in, in what these teams ultimate ceiling is. Um, the chiefs are still not going to have Willie gay. Um, you know, I, I would be surprised if Trent McDuffie played um, he's you know eligible to return, but 
I, I don't think he'll be back this week. I think they'll let him continue to work himself back in. Um, they're not going to have Tershawn Wharton, you know, they're going to have to figure out what to do there. I mean, so Taylor Stallworth's going to be working in, uh, there are some things working against that defense as well. Um, this week, you know, in terms of personnel and depth and stuff like that, that, I mean, do you think this sets up kind of like last year where the bills may be a little bit more motivated and they may be catching the chiefs at a good time to like put one on them a little bit. I think the first quarter would tell us a lot. Um, I, I don't know what they get down 17, nothing. They ain't coming back in this. One. It'll be a lot tougher with that type of firepower on the bills team and the quarterback they have playing and Josh Allen. That would, that would be a very, uh, tall hill to climb. Oh, you think he's better than Derek Carr? Definitely. Um, but the other, the other factor I was going to kind of talk about is, uh, the other thing I know from the race game that the bills are going to take over is the Raiders took the Patriot and Lions style of hitting Travis Kelsey every single play with their defensive lineman and then a linebacker and bracketing, doubling him on a regular basis. I think the bills were already going to do that. They're just definitely going to do it now because I think they want to take Travis Kelsey out of this game and make everybody else beat them in this offense. So I, I think that's another, another thing to keep an eye on is what, what type of game is Travis able to have and how can the chiefs scheme him open with what the bills are going to try to throw at them. I think that's going to be another intriguing part of the matchup. Yeah. And two things. One, the Raiders in that case did the chiefs a huge favor by playing them that way. So they have fresh tape, uh, you know, so they can probably um, figure some things out. I, I would also say the bills probably saw some stuff in the red zone and we'll have a better plan than the mm-hmm. Raiders did in the red zone. But I think Andy might be able to come up with some things. Um, and you look, I you know I think I think Travis kind of enjoyed it. You know when they did start having him like Chip Crosby on his way out. Like, I mean, look if Travis is going to get beat up at the line of scrimmage, I don't think he minds. You know if he's tight to the line, like delivering his own shot. You know on the way out, and that's one thing that they can do to help those. Uh, you know those tackles. You know, and give Patrick just that extra second, give them that extra second to, you know, to get the depth they need. Um, but look, McCall Hardman Jr. and and Marquez Valdez Scantling showed like if that's the way you want to do it, they can they still have the juice to beat you. Um, uh, you know, with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback last week. Um, do you think that 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 is something they can replicate if they struggle in the run and the bills take away Kelsey can Mahomes and, you know, some combination of Juju McColl and, and MVS be enough to keep pace with that bills offense. I hope so. I just, I, I think right now there's, it's, it's going to be really tough. I, I think they're facing a lot of firepower on that other side of the, of the ball against the bills. Now the, the uh, potential equalizer for that. And we'll see. And I, I'm kind of curious to see what he's able to throw into the mix is defensive line coach, Joe Cullen. I, I was, I was going to get to that. I was going to, I was going to bring, uh, bring up two points about the go defense. for it real was, quick was one. Um, I'm interested to see Josh or Nick Bolton. Now that he's the middle linebacker and what they can do with him in terms of maybe negating Josh Allen in the run game. Uh, because I, I, Nick Bolton is one of the more instinctive, uh, guys. He's a much better tackler than the chiefs have had in the middle there for a while. Obviously Josh Allen has, has hurt a lot of teams, but the chiefs among them with his legs, um, 
You know, I, like you said early on, I would love to see Nick Bolton get a chance to just chop Allen down early in the game and see if that doesn't make him a little bit more hesitant to get out there and challenge him. But, but you brought up a good point. When you look at Joe Cullen as the defensive line coach, um, I mean, just what gives you confidence that having him on the staff to, to work with Spags will, will give the Chiefs a chance to have some success? Yeah, for those who don't know, Joe Cullen was the, uh, he was the Jaguars defensive coordinator uh, last year when they held the Bills to uh, a 9-6 to six loss. He had a different defensive line. He, I mean, technically he had Josh Allen. Right. The other Josh Allen, the defensive lineman for the Jaguars. That's really the only difference from the line he has now, except you swap Josh Allen out with Chris Jones. That's kind of really more the bigger difference. But in that, uh, Joe Cullen held the Bills to 6 of 15 on third down, 229 yards passing, 72 rushing, 40 or 50. That was Josh Allen by himself. And then they forced three turnovers and four sacks. And that was in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, in nine possessions that the Bills had that entire game. The Bills only scored two field goals on their first two drives. And then it was punt, punt, interception, interception, punt, fumble, downs. And that was the game. And, and like <clears throat> a lot of teams took that game plan and they used portions of that to really get after the Bills as the season went on. And so the Bills had some troubles and had to adjust to some things. So having Joe Cullen on this roster could end up being a, a big factor in this game, more so than people realize and are accounting for. So that's where I'm kind of intrigued to see what this Chiefs defense can do. And another problem is from that Raiders game that the Chiefs can't duplicate again. Uh, from a scout, uh, from the Raiders expected them to be in man and to do and, and to stack the box and do some blitzes. So that's why they threw the Devontae Adams the way that they did, because they figured they were going to sell out for the run in short yardage with what they'd done scouting wise on the chiefs. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a smart play on that first touchdown. And then they reran it a couple and uh, another fourth down and another play as well. So. Yeah. The, so, the I mean, chiefs had well, I, the chiefs adjusted um, Devontae Adams just beat him and Derek Carr made a perfect throw, but there was at least double coverage the second time. So for me, I'm nervous to see what the Chiefs, what the Chiefs front four can do, uh, you know, with their defensive line because they they've struggled mightily this year. That I mean, Chris Jones is doing everything he can. And he's been a rock star. Colin Saunders has been able to kind of rotate in, but it's a contract year, so he's he's gonna perform like this as long as he doesn't you know have any injuries, which you hope he doesn't. Knock on wood. Um, yeah. But like that's been Colin Saunders' problem is he has these good starts and then he gets injured and then it just derails part of a season, if not his whole season. So those, uh, and then and this is usually is, about the time, unfortunately. Right, right, right. And Carlotis is, you know, doing the best he can. Dunlap's doing the best he can. But I mean, they just, they're really struggling mightily in that front four. And that's a lot of what that scheme is based off them getting pressure so they can leave everybody else back to be able to either do zones or do pattern matching or to play some physical man with some brackets or whatever they like to, you know, whatever they may do based on the down and distance. And they just, it's it's tougher for them when they're having to bring a a fifth uh, rusher, maybe even a sixth, to kind of help, especially with that wide receiving core that the Bills have with Diggs and Davis. They're going to cause a lot of problems, and then they, you know, it, it's it's you know, McKenzie has some pieces here and there, and then I, and then the new receiver that they've got as well that they've kind of been rotating in. Um, that's going to be a problem. Shakir. 
Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a problem as well with with Khalil uh, Shakir. Yeah, yeah, he's a good player at Boise State. Um, look, and the Chiefs have look; they've got some issues in the secondary, right? Like Brian Cook, Rashad Fenton. Um, don't think you can count on them being available. Uh, we talked about Tershawn. You know, Wharton, Frank Clark is still struggling. I think this might be the week they finally get Mike Dana back, um, which uh, we'll see would help. I mean, he it was at least a, he was at least a full participant in practice Thursday, um, and and he had played well the first game and a half. He was he finding got... a, he was finding a spot as a defensive tackle in their pass rush rotation, which they need. Yeah, so so I mean that certainly could help, especially with 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 Turk. Uh, done for the season, um, you know, and there's some injury concerns on the other side. Um, you know, Jordan Poyer has been limited with, with the rib injury. Um, Tremaine Edmonds and Dawson Knox, the, the, the linebacker and tight end has some, uh, some hamstring issues, stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and again, you're at that time of year where, you know, some guys are going to start getting dinged up and, and you know, um, but uh, how, 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 I mean, let's say the Chiefs lose this one. Like, yeah. are you worried? Um, and the flip side too, if the Chiefs win this one, I mean, I would I, honestly, I would much rather them lose this one and beat the Bills again in the playoffs if that's the way we're going to do this. Um, then I would have them come out and have a fantastic performance, and then you know, fall flat for a few weeks afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just curious to see how they match up on both sides of the football and what type of effort they put out there and what they're able to do with some of the things Buffalo is going to throw at them. Because no matter what happens, the national media is basing their next month of coverage based on who wins this game. Probably, yeah. You know, it's like, it's going to be like, Hey, the bills are now, they've now dethroned the chiefs. Like they said last year, or it's going to be, Oh no, the chiefs are still the top dog. And like that'll, that'll be its own little rotation there for a while. So you know, you get it. You're gonna have to deal with that part of it. But I mean, I'm just curious to see how the Chiefs match up with that roster because when you look at the Chiefs, there's deficiencies in speed at receiver. There's deficiencies at the offensive tackle spot that could have some problems. They just don't have a dynamic speed receiver right now. You're hoping, you're hoping Sky Moore can maybe fill into that role. You're hoping uh, McCole Hardman can take a little piece of that. You're hoping Valdez Scantling can take a piece of that. And then you need a stronger run game like they had whenever he went up in Buffalo during the COVID uh, year and <laughs> ran all over him for like 200 yards. Mm-hmm. You're hoping to see a performance like that if you can. So there's there's all these things that you're kind of hoping to see. And I, I'm just intrigued to see what what uh, what way some of this stuff goes because I'm tired of like debating it on paper and just watch them match up against each other. And, I mean, you know, it, it'll be a reality check for the Chiefs and what they have to do roster-wise in short-term and long-term, or it'll kind of be one of, one of those things where they kind of rose up and to the challenge again and, and, you know, answered when they had to. I don't know if you've looked ahead on the schedule at all, but uh, the last time that the Chiefs faced the Bills and 49ers in consecutive weeks, um, they won both those games, and then we had a parade. So take that for what you will, Nick. Todd, that is uh, that is probably you're probably the first person to point that out in Kansas City this week on, in terms of media entities. So congrats to you on that. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how that shakes out. But I mean, I know I know it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough battle, and it'll be interesting to see who puts themselves in the best positions possible to win this football game. 
And then on top of it, like after this match, that 49ers game, I don't think it's going to be any easier. I think that's going to no. be a tough, tough game too, before the chiefs get a buy and try to rest. It'll, it'll be easier for the chiefs defense. It will not be any easier for the chiefs offense. Um, and yeah. we'll see what happens with, with Nick Bosa, the other Bosa, who ironically has a groin injury like his brother did, who had surgery on it. I've, I've just never, that's something I brought up today when I was talking to or sports director Mick Schaefer. I was like, I don't remember a time where two brothers had the same injury while playing in the NFL. I was like, the only other one that could have potentially had those would have been if it had been Jake Reed and Dale Carter or um, the, the, the Barber brothers, T, uh, you know, the Barber yeah, brothers. Yeah, Tiki and Ronda. Yeah, I don't know. And, uh, and, and frankly, I'm done thinking about the Bosa's groins. All right, Todd, this sounds like my exit at this point. So um, was there anything else that we missed? That we had no, I don't there? think so. I don't think so. I gave that was clearly the exit ramp. Uh, so, so if we're taking it, take care, kids. <laughs>